Welcome to MCU Complete Me, the podcast where we talk about all the Marvel movies. My name is Crystal. And I'm Luke. Luke, I have one very important question for you. Okay, Thoot. What's up? Uh, nothing much. Uh, we're talking about Thor today. Oh yeah, we are talking about Thor. Um, I do want to apologize at the top of the throw here. I had to go to the dentist today, um, and I'm still a little numb, so I got kind of a lisp, um, but... I, I didn't really want to do it on a day I was recording a podcast, because... Luke, you slipped so gracefully <laughs> into this affectation. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I, I really needed to get this taken care of, because, Crystal, I gotta tell you, my teeth, they were really Thor. So, so are we done here? Can we go home? <laughs> are we finished? Is the podcast over? <laughs> Is your life over? Are you dead? <laughs> I need anything from you. Anything at all. <laughs> How'd you think about, uh, you know... <laughs> tell me a little bit about your relationship with Thor just, just 2011. Just right past it, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this was another one. I think I talked about it last time. <laughs> that uh, I just kind of binged on Netflix when The Avengers was out on Netflix. So I kind of just, like, watched it and then... Ver just kind of moved past it and didn't really think about it that much. Didn't have any particularly strong feelings. No, um, I didn't dislike it, um, but I also, like, it didn't really stick with me. It wasn't anything that I was, like, excited about, but I didn't hate it or anything. Uh, this movie has an interesting history in the MCU because until up to this point, it was basically just the Iron Man movies and that one Hulk movie that bombed. Right, yeah, yeah. This was the point where it's like, oh, this is actually happening, doing huh? doing a thing, yeah. Yeah, they're doing a thing here. Yeah. And when I first saw this movie, I did not like it very much at all. I thought it was a bad film. Hmm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't go that far. And honestly, rewatching it for this, I've... We're, we'll get into, like, problems this movie has and stuff, but... This movie did one thing right that so far none of these movies have done, and that's have a main character with a character arc that is, like, concise and direct and understandable and concludes in, like, a meaningful, compelling way. And that is more than any of the Iron Man movies can say so far. Uh, yeah, I came away from this movie much more positively upon a rewatch. Yeah. Yeah, this is a weird movie. Why is it a weird movie, Luke? Because Iron Man, we talked about it, has such a... It wants to try and make Iron Man fit into, like, a real-world kind of context. You know, he is dealing with the war in Afghanistan, and he's fighting terrorists, and he's being kidnapped and, like, having hostage videos made about him. And then this movie is about magical gods, and they somehow have to tell that story in a way that doesn't seem like it's completely impossible that it fits into those Iron Man stories. Right, they don't really lean into that quite as much as they potentially could have because they try to ground it with all the Earth stuff and Agent Coulson. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this movie has a really hard job to do in making you... It has to get through a lot of like world building and backstory very quickly because that's not what it's about. 
And it has to get you to buy into all of the Asgardian stuff in a way that... It, I, it, it, I think it's commendable that they do as good of a job that they do with that stuff. Uh, this is also one of the few MCU films to be under two hours, along with The Incredible Hulk. I think could have used another 15. Yeah, where would you put more, more time in this movie? I think I put a little more time in the beginning to better set up Thor and his friends. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I Like I said, I, I think Thor's character arc works really well in this movie. I think the secondary characters in this movie are not as strong as I'd like them to be. Um... Like, it, I think people talk a lot about Loki as being, like, a highlight of the MCU. He's not... He's kind of nothing in this one. Oh, I don't know that I'd agree with that. You think? I mean, he's he's okay, and he gets better as the movie goes on, but he's not... When I think of, like, Loki and the Avengers or something, th- this is not... I'm not, like, excited about him being on screen the way I am in the later movies. Uh, I also would probably put a little more time in the middle of the movie, like... Yeah. After Thor fails to lift the hammer... I think it would be good if he spent more than, like, two days on Earth. Yeah, I, I think all the stuff with him on Earth is fun. I like all the weird fish-out-of-water fish stuff. So, yeah, I definitely would not complain if they put more time into that. Um, yeah, it, I guess I didn't really realize how short this movie was. They could definitely have afforded to make it a little longer. But um, it is also pretty, like, economical with its storytelling. Like, Yeah, I'd say so. Again, this, this movie is not perfect by any means but like the it's basically functional all the way through which is not praise that i think i would give to any of the movies we've watched so far so i'm willing to say that of hulk no i wouldn't i I think hulk just kind of loses track of what the heck it's even about um okay but uh yeah like so because it just basically works i'm willing to excuse a lot of its other flaws you want to start with, start with our our summarization of the film? We probably should. We opened on a Paramount logo. Still, yeah, s- still owned by them. The The first ten minutes of this movie are pretty weird because they do a lot of like, jumping around yeah. both place and time. Mm-hmm. But we open, like, I, I keep forgetting what the opening to this movie actually is because there's like five openings right in front of each other. Kind of, yeah, yeah. So, but the actual opening is a Jane Foster yes. and Eric Selvig, who are professors at Culver University. Oh, okay, yeah, right, that makes sense, yes. Uh, they're in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. They're dressed rather warmly, which is... Well, it is the middle of the night. Maybe it's it's time of year when, you know, it gets cold at night out there. That happens, I don't know. Right, this would suggest that this takes place perhaps during the winter. Sure. Uh, which fits with the Iron Man Expo lasting a whole year right right but it actually takes place april 2010 oh okay yeah it seems like that might be a little late in the year for how warm they're dressed but you know whatever yeah they're fiddling around with some stuff they're looking at the sky yeah and darcy what's darcy's last name i don't think they ever say darcy's last name it is lewis okay because i like jerry like jerry lewis yeah exactly i honestly was not positive if darcy was her was jane's friend or her sister She's neither. Wait, well, what is she then? She's a student at Culver University who's, like, interning with them for college credits. Oh, that's right, because she does have that line. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I got the... They have a very, like, sisterly, like, bickering relationship through a lot of this movie. Where there's... I don't know. I had the vibe that they were family or something. But, uh, Jane has been, like, monitoring some kind of 
astronomical phenomenon mm-hmm. that she has called her professor out to observe with her. And she's a little concerned at first because nothing happens, even though she's been doing, like, the math on it. And, like, it's been precise down to the second so far. Right. But it's a bit late this time because they're doing some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But they do eventually see this huge sort of Aurora Borealis effect in the sky and drive towards it. Right. Because they want a better look. Right. That's what you do. Uh As uh you do. Yeah. But then it turns into a big tornado. Yes. And something crashes to the ground. Yeah. And it's a man. Some kind of Thor man. <laughs> yeah, they do hit him with the the van that they're in. Or the, the RV or whatever it is. And uh, they are immediately worried that they've hit some drunk guy who is wandering and, out in the desert. And then they, she says, where did you come from? Yeah. And then begins the second opening of the movie. Right, where we cut back um, a thousand years into the past. To Tonsberg, Norway. Yes, to, in like what year 976. 965. 965. Uh, where we get this history about how there are other worlds and like visitors from this world that uh, is being narrated about were worshipped as gods on Earth. You're speaking about this in a very general way, like you can't just say Asgard and Odin. Well, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> like, I, I think, like, you can just... Sure. People know a little bit about Norse mythology. It's no, not you're like right. this is a, a totally fake, made-up oh, fantasy no. they're making. Sure, right, it is It is rooted in, in Norse mythology. Um, we get this backstory about how Asgard was at war with... Um, the Frost Giants. The Frost Giants. Is it Jotunheim? Is that where they're from? It's Jotunheim, Jotunheim. please, Luke. Yes, sure. Don't. don't. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Even Frost Giant is not really a PC term. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Well, it's the only term they have in this movie, so I don't know. Well, no, they're they're the Jotuns. That's their proper name. Okay, well. Not the Jotuns. All right, all right. But yeah, the Frost, the, I'm sorry. I forgive you. The Jotuns invaded Earth with the Casket of Ancient Winters. Yes. And then the Asgardians came to defend Earth and drove them back to their homeworld of Jotunheim, which, unlike most realms of Yggdrasil, is actually a spherical planet. Oh yeah, that's true, because we're gonna get this kind of really cool zoom-in shot of Asgard where it's this weird... Like, it almost looks like you're looking at a galaxy from, like, a straight on angle but then as it zooms in more and more it's like an island out in space with an atmosphere and then the whole thing like flips upside down and you go up through the water up into the actual world it's it's a cool looking thing yeah i i very much like their visual interpretation of asgard yeah uh i think in this movie it can sometimes look a little cheap and fake a little bit yeah but it provides a very good foundation for the other movies. Yeah. Especially, I think, Thor 2. Right. And uh, so, I, again, I'm not a huge comic book person. My understanding is that generally, when they talk about Asgard in the comics and show and stuff, it is just straight up magical Norse Asgard. And then when they were making this movie, they wanted to give it not a lot, but like a little bit of like a techno magic vibe to it to try and sell it more. As, like, something that fits in with, you know, Iron Man, which is more sci-fi. Right. Uh, 
so yeah, Odin loses his eye in the fight, and he steals the casket of ancient winters. Yeah. Which is now sitting in his vault, where he keeps all sorts of relics. Right. Including the Infinity Gauntlets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's telling this story to his sons, Thor and Loki. Yeah. And Loki's kind of a quiet kid, and Thor's like, when I grow up, I'm gonna kill all the frost giants just like you. Right, yeah. Thor's a real piece of shit. Right out of the gate. Right as a baby, he's shitty. And Odin says, a wise king never seeks out war, but must always be ready for it. Mm, That's not what he says. He says, a wise king never seeks out war, but must always be ready for it. No, Luke, that's not what he says. He says, a wise king never seeks out war, but must always be ready for it. (laughs) That's, That's a really good Anthony Hopkins as Odin impression. Yeah, why don't they have uh, Norse accents, like my very accurate Norwegian accent? <laughs> why don't they all just sound like the Swedish chef? So now we cut to the the uh, the fourth opening of the movie, mm-hmm. which is Thor's coronation. Yes, he's got he's got his wing helmet on, which he never puts on again. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, he is like pumping his fist. He's got the hammer in hand. The whole crowd is applauding him, and he's kind of you know playing to the crowd. You. He's winking at his mom. Yep. Yeah, he does do that. They establish very quickly that Thor is a very uh, proud, arrogant man. And unlike <laughs> Iron Man, you're not supposed to think it's cool. Right. Thor does just kind of have the same arc as Iron Man, but done better, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's particularly Iron Man too. Like when Iron when Tony Stark grandstands on a stage, it's supposed to be like, oh yeah, we love that Iron Man. Thor's doing it, and it's supposed to be a setup for a story about him learning humility, and it's so much better. Now, Luke. Yeah. There's something we should establish early on. Okay, sure. Because it's going to start coming up soon. All right. So have you seen Thor Ragnarok? I have not. Do you know anything about Thor Ragnarok? What I know about Thor Ragnarok, I know the Hulk's in it, um, and that it, like, isn't necessarily an adaptation of Planet Hulk, but maybe takes some influence from it, and I know that it has... Some, like, it adds some backstory that the Asgardians, this is not, like, their native world. They colonize this world in a kind of brutal way. And I think the end of the movie is them, like, leaving on a ship to find, like, a new home that they haven't stolen from people. And then that ship gets attacked in Infinity War and they all die. Okay, so you do know the thing then. Okay. (laughs) Okay, yeah. I'll make this easier to talk about. Because, yeah, once you know that about Asgard, it colors a lot of scenes in the first two movies. Yeah, I can see that. 100%. Because I think this movie very much portrays Odin as a very wise and kind of unimpeachable ruler. And then that information kind of calls that characterization into question. Right. Like, I... I, I can't imagine they had that in mind when writing this movie. No, because I think that was that... I don't remember his name, the director of Ragnarok's, like, idea. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi. There we go, yes. Yeah, but still, we're going to kill the author here. Okay. We're going to cut up the author and stuff them in a the fridge. Okay, great, great. The author probably yeah. has done that to some comic book character at some point. <laughs> uh, and we're just going to read that into this movie. Okay, because you can sure. see Odin's expression here is like, oh no, my son is becoming the man that I was. Oh yeah, I think you can read that regardless of whether or not you bring Ragnarok into it. Yeah. I think you very much see that, that you know, it becomes more explicit later, but Odin has fucked up in raising Thor. He's told him all these stories about, like, having, like, glory in battle against the Frost Giants and stuff. 
and he has glorified war to his son in a way that his son doesn't actually understand that war is a bad thing. Right. Which is point number two that this movie has over the Iron Man's. It's willing to say that war is a bad thing. Right. Inherently. Uh, I I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, whatever. Okay, sorry. (laughs) So yeah, so since this is a coronation, it's a very good excuse to drop some exposition. Yes. About who Thor is and who Mjolnir is. Let me bring up uh, Odin's little speech. Okay, yeah. It's like, my air... The, I don't know. I've <laughs> he, he goes on for a long time. He's got, yeah, this. Thor Odinson, my heir, my firstborn, so long entrusted with the mighty hammer, Mjolnir, forged in the heart of a dying star. Its power has no equal. As a weapon to destroy or as a tool to build. Yeah, which I, I think is a cool characterization for a character who uses a hammer as a weapon. I, I like that bit of, like, undercurrent to it. Yeah, especially since it is not, it does not originally Thor's hammer. Right, yeah, well, yeah, so I don't know anything about, like, the the origins of Mjolnir or anything beyond, like, what this movie sets up. Or, yeah. It originally belonged to Hela, the goddess of death. Oh, okay, okay. It's her hammer, that's why she can break it. Yeah. Hey, now again, I have not seen Ragnarok, so I don't know how it goes, Sure seems weird they made a movie that introduced a death goddess and then didn't make that part of Thanos' backstory in, like, the next movie that came out. Well, they had, they wrote a much better backstory for him, you see. Doesn't see, uh, doesn't sound like they did. Sounds like they wrote no, a they real kinda, dumb they one. they kind of wrote a bad backstory for him. <laughs> yeah. Seems real stupid what they wrote for Thanos. <laughs> but, it's, pretty, it's pretty dumb. But we'll get to that, I guess. Maybe it makes sense in context. It doesn't. <laughs> okay. But so as Thor is being coronated, right yeah. before Odin officially finishes saying the sentence, you are the king now. Yes. Like, which is, he's on which the is last sentence. Yes. The last word. The Frost Giants have managed to sneak into Asgard's weapons vaults. Yeah. And they try to steal the casket of ancient winters. Right. But then Odin senses them and slams his mighty spear, Gunganir, to summon the Destroyer. Now, I do want to point out, Odin does, in the course of this coronation ceremony, say to Thor, he's about to say, I now pronounce you, you know, king of Asgard or whatever, but because of the interruption, he does say, I now pronounce you Frost Giants. I think- Well, no, he says, I now pronounce you Frost Giants. <laughs> right. So I think, legally, Thor is Frost Giants now. I think I think that pause was so pregnant as to nullify the previous sentence. Mm, I guess I'm not an Asgardian lawyer, so I can't say for sure. I think this whole movie should be a legal drama about Loki saying that because of that sentence, Thor is now legally Frost Giants and has to be exiled to uh, their world. Jotunheim. Jotunheim, yeah. I'm going to forget it many times. I'm bad with names. So, uh, Odin and two sons... Thor, Odinson, and Loki Lafeson mm. uh, go down go down into the weapons room to discuss it. And Thor is like, we need to go kill the Jotuns to punish them because they almost stole our thing from us. Right. That we stole from them. Yeah. And if I remember it, Loki is just kind of quiet during this scene. But uh, Odin is very adamant that starting a war over something like this would be very stupid because there's no... Like, this was too... Jotuns that just broke in of their own accord, like, no, we're not going to go start an entire war with an entire race of people over the actions of two people. Huh. 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 Weird. Huh. Weird. 
Uh, Thor is not having any of it. He really wants to just commit some genocide. And Loki is pregnantly quiet. Yes. He's just kind of darting his eyes around right. and not saying anything. Yeah. You can tell that he, he knows something. Mm, maybe. My favorite thing about Loki in this movie is that he doesn't actually have, like, a master plan or anything. No, he's just a little shit. <laughs> right, and things kind of just get way over his head right. very quickly. And he just kind of rolls... Like, I do like that he just sort of rolls with the punches, and, like, it kind of all coalesces into something that looks like a real plan, but not really. Right. Uh, it smash cuts to Thor flipping over a giant table. Oh, the best scene in the film? <laughs> it's very good. You think, you think this was all Hemsworth, or did they assist him? Um... I don't know. I, I feel like it's either got to be a prop table that is lighter than it looks, or, yeah, it's got some wires or something that make it easier to... Like, they're pulling on it while he flips it. Let's talk about Thor's appearance in this movie, because it's kind of different than in the other ones. Mm. He is the blondest he has ever been. Yeah, he's very blonde. Um, he's got bleached eyebrows and a bleached beard. Yeah, the bleached eyebrows weird me out a little bit in some of the close-up yeah. scenes. Yeah, because in non-close-up scenes, it just kind of looks like they're not there. A little bit, yeah, yeah. And his hair his hair is shoulder length, but mm. it's not long enough to be, like, tied up or anything. Right. Like it is in later films. Yeah, it's kind of hanging out. Uh, he's still got a good beard, though. Yeah, no, Chris Hemsworth is a very attractive man. Chris Hemsworth has a hell of a beard. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, he flips this table and just goes to sit down and sulk. And Loki comes out from behind a pillar, where I guess he was just spying on Thor flip tables. As you do. Yeah, you know. What else do you do when you got a grumpy brother? You just watch him flip shit over. And he says, you know, Thor, I, I actually do agree with you. Yeah. We should go kill the Jotuns. Yeah. Uh, and as he's saying that, all of Thor's buddies walk in. And they're mad. Yeah, that his great buddies. Yeah, his, his, his wonderful, wonderful buddies. companions. I love them all. <laughs> There's. Uh, can you name them all? Oh, boy. Well, okay. The woman is Sif. Okay. Um, whose name only stuck in my head because it's the name of a Dark Souls boss. Right. Uh, and then the other three have other Nordic names <laughs> that I don't remember. Who, who's, who's the big one with the red beard? Oh, uh, that's, of course, our best friend, Ch Chubby Stan. Volstagg. Yeah, that's what I okay, said. Okay, what, what about, like, the roguish one who's blonde? Oh, that's, that's just, um... The Dread Pirate Roberts. That's... Oh my god, I forgot. <laughs> it starts with an F. It's Fal... Faldr Faldrin? Faldrin, okay. Or, no, Fal... Warriors <laughs> 3. Fandral. Yeah. Fandral. Okay. Fandral, alright. And then who's the Asian one? He's, um... He's just... Just good old Ted. He's Hogan. Ho Grim. Right, yes, Hogan, yes. Less Fandral, happy than the, the Hogan dashing. we're used to. And uh, Volstagg, who doesn't have a title. Together, they are the Warriors 3. Mm -hmm. And also, Sif is there. Are these, like, characters that are a bigger deal in the comic books? I mean, they are a bigger deal. Okay, yeah, I guess it's hard to be a smaller deal. Uh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I guess if... The reason I ask that is that, to me, it would make way more sense if you just mushed all of these down into one character. And that way, you could just, like, give one character some screen time. As, you know, Thor's buddy. Right. This scene is very weird because Thor's trying to convince them to invade Jotunheim. And to they're like, no, like, we go on fancy adventures and stuff all the time, but that's a lot different from invading Jotunheim. Yeah. 
Yeah, they talk a lot about, like, all the glory and battle they've had together. They don't really... Uh, this movie doesn't really have time for it, I guess. They don't really ever establish what what they're battling, ever. Yeah. Because it seems just... like Asgard's at, like a, in peacetime at the start of this movie. Right, they mentioned that the war against the Jotuns a thousand years ago was the right. last great war. Yeah. That was another question I wanted to ask you about this movie. How... The time scale for the Asgardians seems weird. Because, what do you mean? well, in the sense that, okay, uh, uh, there's clearly some level of immortality, at least in, like, Odin's case. But, like, Thor, you see Thor and Loki as kids. When, like, how long ago were they kids, do you think? Uh, I think that's about ten or so years after the war ended. Okay, okay, so you think they're, like, you know, many hundreds of years old. Oh, yeah, they're about a, about a thousand. 1,100 or so in this film. Okay. All right. I, I guess that makes sense. It just something about the fact that they both age, but also have to have been around long enough to inspire the Earth myths about, like, Thor and Loki just kind of threw me off. I Well, you see, these are not the first incarnations of Thor and Loki. Okay. The Asgardians go through a cycle of death and rebirth. Okay. So... All right, that makes more sense to me with the the um, what do you call it? The like the enchantment on the hammer that if you pick it up, you have the power of Thor. Thor is almost like some kind of metaphysical archetype that Chris Hemsworth is the incarnation of. Well, that's more because that enchantment was written as part of the original comics, sure. where they had not yet established that Asgard was an actual place where people are. Right, right. And instead, it was more framed. Like, oh, Donald Blake has used this magic hammer to, like you said, mold himself into the archetype of Thor. Right, sure. Okay. But I mean, like, I, I, your explanation actually was something I was already kind of like, is that how this works? But uh, apparently it is how this works. So, okay, well, I can I can. that's how it that. works in the comics. I don't know if that is actually the case in the MCU. Well, sure. Okay. But I think... I think it is fair that until the MCU contradicts it, you can assume it basically works the same as the comics. But Thor definitely has been attested to before the year 965. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. Because, um, yeah, it, like, um, young Loki is a thing in the comics, right? Yeah, that's after Loki died and got reincarnated. Right, right. Okay. So, all right. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, but yeah, he gives this little pep talk that kind of gives us a quick snapshot of what each of his buddies is all about. Um, I mean... Kind of, you know. They okay, try. would you summarize their personalities for me? Uh, <laughs> well, Volstag, he likes to eat. <laughs> yeah. And um, the other three, they like to fight. Okay, what about F- Fandral, the kind of dashing blonde rogue? Uh, uh, he... Um, well, he he was just a simple peasant farm boy who fell in love with a girl and then went away to find his fortune and was kidnapped by the Dread Pirate Roberts. Listen, I, he just reminds me of the guy from The Princess Bride. Okay. Hogan's <laughs> Hogan's Grim. That's why he's Hogan the Grim. Oh, okay, yeah. The Sif is a girl. Have they ever made a comic that was like Hogan the Grim versus Happy Hogan? I'd, I'd read that. <laughs> it's H-O-G-U-N. I know, but they're, they're you know, homophones. <laughs> So you get a good shot of uh, Thor and Loki and the Warriors 3 and Sif riding their horses across the Great Rainbow Bridge. Yeah, I like the look of this Rainbow Bridge. It's neat. Yeah, it's good. Again, this movie is visually pretty good about Asgard. Yeah, it's got some cool visual design to it. 
I like uh, that the sky, the sky in Asgard in this movie is always like in twilight. Yeah, yeah. Like half of it is daytime, half of it is nighttime, and there's a bunch of space stuff in the sky. Yeah, it's cool looking. Um, but they cross this rainbow bridge and reach um the Bifrost, which is guarded, yes, by a Heimdall played by. And Idris Elba has kind Idris of a Elba. filter on his voice here to make it even more deep and booming. Yeah, because that's he needed more of that, I guess. Right, he doesn't have that in the other movies. <laughs> okay, yeah, he doesn't need it, because he's already got a deep, commanding voice. Uh, and he's got weird, and Lo- like... Loki... Tr- <laughs> I was just saying, he's got, like, weird rhombuses in his eyes. What? And they imply that he can, like, see very far. He's a very oh, good yeah, he, seer. He can see and hear everything, but what do you mean about the rhombuses? He's got, like, like squares in his eyes, and they zoom in on him at some point, don't they? I could swear... <laughs> if the... As we're watching along, if that shot isn't in here, I'm going to lose my mind because I was positive that happened. No, you're talking about the shot where the shield base is reflected in his eyes, right? Oh, is that what it is? Okay, I thought he yeah. was just, like, activating his ultra sight or something. No, his eyes are just regular orange. Okay. As as people have. Yeah. Uh, and Loki <laughs> tries to convince Heimdall to let him into into Jotunheim, because he obviously knows that's where they're going, because Heimdall knows everything. Well, yeah, like, before Loki can even really say anything, Heimdall cuts him off and tells him that they're not dressed warmly enough, which is how you kind of learn that he has very good sight. Mm -hmm. Uh, Heimdall is very concerned about the fact that two frost giants got into Asgard, because he's, like, the gatekeeper. So he is kind of willing to go along with their escapade, because he wants to get to the bottom of this. Now, Thor asks asks him, Heimdall, may we pass? And Heimdall responds, never has an enemy slipped past my watch. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Allegedly, Thor claims that he doesn't want to go over there to start any trouble. He wants to go sneaking around to see what he can find about the uh, intruders. Uh, So yeah, Heimdall lets them through. He explains that like it's this giant golden dome that sort of spins around that's activated by Heimdall's sword and he tells them that uh what does he tell him fuck <laughs> it's some shit about how he can't it, let them yeah. back if it's going to be dangerous right if if there's going to be jotuns coming back with them he will not let them back right he will leave them to die yeah and uh then they ask him why he can't just leave the bridge open for them and he explains that if he leaves the bridge open for too long, it will obliterate the world that it's pointed at. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um... Hmm. What? Well, let's just... I, I am glad that Thor Ragnarok is going to kind of get into if the Asgardians are the bad guys. Oh, you think they'd use the Bifrost as a weapon? I think they could! I think they have... I mean, even if they don't, they have this, like, magical thing that can let them infiltrate any world at will... And also destroy that world completely if they feel like it. And as far as I can well, tell... it's not there's... any world. It's just any of the realms of Yggdrasil. Okay. Alright. That's still eight worlds. That's a lot. That is a lot. Well, a lot of those worlds are dead anyways. Oh, okay. Well, that makes it a little better. But it does seem, in like the greater context here, that they are the only people with like the equivalent of a nuclear weapon. Huh. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Huh. Like I said, I am... Mm. It, it sounds like Thor Ragnarok is going to address some of my concerns about that, and I'm glad it oh, does. Yeah? Sounds like it. <laughs> but yeah, so they get at Jotunheim. Yeah, they go to Jotunheim. Yes, it's cold. 
and it's dark, and there's not as many Dutch angles. It's it's a real bummer of a place. Yeah. Kind of just sucks. Uh, but yeah, they start looking around. No one's around, which Thor says is because they're cowards. But, like, you just got here. It might just be no one's here right now. Right. So they eventually meet up Ex- with Laufei. Yeah, the first person they bump into is the king of the realm. Well, I mean, Heimdall put them there for that reason. That is true, I suppose. Uh, but they get to talking about what's happened, and, uh... Yeah, how, how'd you get into Asgard? Right. The house of Odin is full of traitors. Yes. Your father is a murderer and a thief. Right. And why have you come here to make peace? You long for battle. You crave it. You're nothing but a boy, trying to prove himself a man. Yeah. Uh, which, I... I I'm liking this on the basis that, hey, the villain is, like, right, and they're going right. to not... They're they're going to treat the villain like he's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Thor doesn't get to just charm his way out of this like Tony Stark might. No, he doesn't. Um, But uh, the, the uh, Laufey basically tells him, you're a dumb shit for coming here. Uh, You don't realize that this could have started a war. I'm not a dumb shit, so I'm going to let this slide go home. And, uh, and he almost does. Right. But he makes a crack about run home, little princes. Yeah. And uh, Thor will not stand for being called a princess. And uh, <laughs> I like Loki's reaction of damn. Yeah, he's just like, ah, dip. <laughs> uh, and then a big old fight breaks out. A bunch of frost giants come out of the woodwork and they all just get in a big old scuffle. Laufey unleashes a big dog uh, at a certain point. Volstagg gets grabbed by one of them, and his hand gets frostbit real good. So he's like, don't let them touch you. Yeah. Then Loki gets touched. Oh, and dang. he just turns blue. He just turns blue, and he just sort of shares a weird moment with the, the Jotun that touched him, and then he kills him real quick. Yeah. Uh, Fandral gets stabbed at some point, and they're like, okay, we have to fall back and get out of right, here. Right, he just gets impaled on icicles, and they're like, all right, this isn't going great. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but Thor, Thor's like, hey, you guys leave. I'm having too much fun. Yeah. Um, He's very much enjoying this war. Right. Uh, but then they all try to, like, get away, and they get cornered by the big old dog. Thor does the thing that Thor does, where he throws his hammer but holds on to it to hurl himself through the air. Right, because he the hammer will go... If he throws the hammer, he can retract it back to him, right. and nothing can stop the hammer. Yeah. And only he can hold it. Because he's right. worthy. Right. He does He does a big earthquake when he smashes the hammer onto the ground. Uh-huh. And it causes the dog to fall down into a big hole. But then, like you said, it does get back up and Thor uh, Goku's it. Goku's <laughs> it like Goku did to King Piccolo. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. That does happen. He goes right through the back of its head. Um, It's really, but, frankly, more like Vegito does to Majin Buu when he's a cannonball. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like uh, Veggie Rot does to Majin Buu. Right. But, uh, Majin B-O-O. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> they get surrounded by Jotuns. And it then Odin like, shows up on yeah. his six-legged horse. It's a pretty cool is, horse. That horse has a name, and it is Loki's child. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Like in Norse mythology or also in Marvel Comics? Uh, in Norse mythology. Okay, okay. Hela is also Loki's daughter. Oh, okay. Thor's uh, like Thor's stoked to see his dad show up, 
he says like father we'll finish them together and owen just says silence yeah i love hopkins's hopkins as odin yeah i do like when i started this movie on amazon it popped up like the amazon x-ray stuff and the first bit of trivia it saw fit to show me was that when anthony hopkins first saw himself and chris hemsworth in armor together he was like oh we don't have to do any acting in this movie (laughs) which i think is pretty funny Uh, well yeah Odin doesn't do a ton of acting in this film. No. I just like he, that Anthony Hopkins was immediately like, oh, this is a dumb movie. I don't have to care. Cool. Yeah, he looks like he's... So they basically wrote around the fact that Anthony Hopkins was constantly wanting to fall asleep in this movie. <laughs> by writing that Odin had been putting off the Odin sleep for yes. quite some time. Right. So he's very weary. Yeah. He, on Jotunheim, as he's talking to Laufey, he basically looks like he could collapse at any moment. Yeah. Uh, but they manage to... Like, he, he tries to talk Laufey into, like, letting this go. And Laufey's like, no, dude, like, they've just murdered, like, two dozen people. Like, no. N- no. Yeah, there's a, there's a real good uh, death glare that Laufey gives to Odin. Yeah. It's like, you did this to my people, like, 10,000 years ago, and now your son's doing it, too. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they basically say that, hey, war is going to start here soon. So, you know, get ready. Uh, Laffy tries to stab him, but Odin just, like, blasts him away and sucks them all back up the Bifrost back to Asgard. And uh, Odin's not happy. No, he's kind of pissed off. He throws the Bifrost sword back to Heimdall, and he tells everyone to leave, and he sticks Gungnir into the Bifrost to open it. Yeah, and uh, him and Thor have a huge fight. Thor calls him a fool, and Odin has a moment where he just kind of, like, looks a little sad. And he's like, you're right, I have been a fool. I've, I've, been, a, I've been a bad dad to you, because you're like this, so I clearly fucked up. Uh, Loki tries to step in, and Odin says, Rawr. He just roars at him, he's like, Rawr. It's very good. <laughs> uh... Yeah, and he says, Thor Odinson, through your arrogance and stupidity, you've opened these peaceful realms and innocent lives to the horror and desolation of war. <laughs> Which, again, I like that this movie is just like, oh yeah, war is a bad thing. Even like if, even for the good guys, it's a bad thing. Yes. So he strips from Thor his power, and he rips off his cape. Yeah. And he takes his hammer, and he throws him... To the worst place in the Nine Realms. Yeah. New Mexico. Yep. And then he whispers a little secret to the hammer. That's, you know, you can only you can only pick me up if you're a real cool guy. And if you're the coolest guy, you'll have the Thor powers. Whosoever wields this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, but yeah, Thor is flung to Earth. And then it sort of links up with the opening of the movie where... Natalie Portman hit him with her RV. Uh, He gets up and is kind of panicked. He's looking for his hammer. They're all like, what? uh, hmm? There's a big old mark in the sand where the the Bifrost hit it that uh, they're trying to, like, get pictures of. Yeah, Dr. Selvig's like, we have to take this guy to a hospital. And Jane says, no, he's fine. Let's study this weird room. Then he starts talking about what realm is this? Alfheim? Nornheim? Yeah. Nornheim isn't a realm. Okay. Well, he did get hit by an RV, so, you know, cut him some yeah. slack. 
Uh, she does realize he definitely needs to see a doctor, but also really wants to check out these markings. So just tells them to go do it. Then Darcy uh, tases him. Yeah, because he's freaking her out. Yeah. I think understandably. Yeah, a little bit. But also, like, <laughs> from their perspective, it's, oh, this is some drunk guy that we definitely just gave a concussion. Eh, let's electrocute him a little bit. <laughs> you dare threaten me, Thor? Yeah. With so puny a weapon? Yeah. I don't, uh, he does get to. I, I, this isn't like a problem with the movie, but I think right? I would like it better if Thor was much more of a weenie when he got stripped of his powers. Like, we're going to see, he obviously doesn't have super strength or lightning power or anything. He's still a pretty cool guy, though. You'd like him to be Donald Blake. Yeah, I, I'd like him to just be a total loser. But like, you know, like the scene in him in the, with him in the hospital is coming up where they need like eight doctors to hold him down. Like, have him be, like, freaked out that, like, one doctor is plenty for him. I want him to be, like, just completely powerless. I think that would make it more fun. But, you know. Yeah, I think that would make more sense. But yeah. then you can have the fight scene. Could have the fight scene. And like I said, I, I don't think it is... I don't think the movie is worse because of that. I think I would just personally enjoy it a little more. I think it'd be fun to watch Chris Hemsworth have to pretend to be, like, completely wimpy. Yeah, from this part of the movie, there's just, like, ten scenes in a row of Thor getting mad and then getting knocked unconscious. Yes, <laughs> that is true. I think it maybe goes on a bit long. Eh, maybe a little bit. Because, <laughs> yeah, he wakes up in the hospital. Like I said, he's fighting off a whole swarm of doctors because they were trying to draw blood <laughs> off of him. You would dare attack me? Yeah. Uh, they eventually stick him in the butt with a sedative. And then we cut out to the desert where a dude's just driving along in his pickup truck and happens to see a crater where Thor's hammer landed. And this is the best subplot of the movie. <laughs> I I love this subplot. <laughs> this guy just drives up to this crater in his truck, gets out, sees the hammer, tries to pick it up. The hammer is like embedded in a rock. Yeah. Uh, and he just tugs on it a bit. It's not coming loose at all. And he just kind of puts his hands on his hips like, huh, huh, huh. We'll come back to you later, buddy. <laughs> so it gets back to uh, Darcy and Jane and Eric. They're talking about that guy. They're talking about what they saw. Yeah. And, uh, Jane Foster mentions the lensing around these edges is characteristic of an Einstein-Rosen bridge. Right. Which, uh, after a little bit of, of techno babble, she eventually explains is a wormhole through space. Yeah, she mentions that she sees different constellations than she should be seeing. Yeah. And eventually Darcy points out that there's a picture of the wormhole, and it looks like there's a man in it. Yes, and they all kind of realize at the same time that uh, Thor was in that wormhole, and they uh, Jane runs back to the hospital to go uh, talk to him. Yeah, and Thor is gone, because he's broken out. Yeah. He's a very strong man still. Well, they show, like, he can't get out of the straps, but he just kind of wiggles back and forth until he just slips his hand out of him. Right. Um, it's not very good security. No, not at all. Uh, all the doctors are hunting for him. Uh, Jane's kind of like, ah, shit. Well, that's bad. I need to talk to that dude. All right, everyone pile in the car. Let's go find him. And she backs out of the parking space and hits him. Uh, which, you know, it's, it's decently funny. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't mind the Earth stuff in this movie as much as I did the first time. No, I like the Earth stuff in this movie. Like, to me, I think this movie is at its best when it's very goofy. Because I think Thor is kind of a goofy character. He is. So I think when you just lean into that and just have fun with it, that's when it works the best. Well, speaking of that... Yeah! It cuts back to, there's like a big cookout, 
at, around the hammer, and everyone's <laughs> drinking beer, taking turns trying to lift it. I love this so much! Stan Lee wraps a chain around the hammer and tries to pull it with his pickup truck, but it just completely pulls off the back of his truck. Yeah, and then he just sticks his head out and goes like, did I get it? <laughs> oh, this I'd, I'd go to this party. Yeah, I would definitely go to this party. This looks like a good party. But then, the best character in the film, Agent <laughs> Philip J. Coulson, Man, shows up. It is so funny calls. to me how like serious and like straight-laced that he is in all these movies when I know that in the Avengers, he's like a goofball fanboy. Yes. <laughs> it's well, that's, very... that's a different situation. Oh, no, it's sure. Captain is... I just think it's funny Captain how the, the turn happens. Uh... But yeah, it, it sort of handshakes with the the teaser from Iron Man 2, where he's like, Sir, we found it. And then it comes back to Thor getting dressed. Yeah, because you need some shirtless Chris Hemsworth in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And Darcy's like, this man is very sexy. Yeah. And the audience is like, yeah. Uh-huh, yep. Yeah, this is the scene everyone paid tickets for. Uh, But uh, Jane has found some clothes for him, but there's... <laughs> I love this conceit that there's a name tag on the shirt that says Donald Blake. That just says, hello, my name is Donald Blake. He's like, oh, what's this? She goes, oh, that was my ex-boyfriend. Sorry, these are his clothes that I still have. I just love that the way they insert this is just, I don't know, one of these shirts has a name tag on it? Oh. Yeah, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what mixer did they go to together that he wrote, hello, my name is Donald Blake, M.D.? It was a doctor's mixer. I guess so. <laughs> like, you know, some people have MD, some people have PhD. Oh, sure. Right. They're all, like, bragging about how smart they are. Right. It's like brain surgery. It's not rocket science. Yeah. But uh, Thor talks about how his shitty mortal body has gotten weak and needs sustenance. Uh, but before that, we cut back to Asgard, uh, where all of Thor's buddies are sitting around being like, man can't believe our friend got grounded right and then so loki says like you know i think he deserved it because he was really out of line yeah and he and then hogan implies that he did a treason uh what that loki did you mean yeah hogan implies that loki did a treason after he storms off which is a pretty wild accusation to make right in in the context loki told told a guard to tell Odin where they were going. And that this, right. Like, his plan all along was to kind of get Thor caught. But the idea, according to Loki, is that uh, they were supposed to get caught before they ever actually crossed the bridge. Um, and he just thought, you know, Thor would get in trouble and the whole idea would get diffused, not that Thor would get exiled. Right. Which, I can believe that because I don't think... Like, Loki's not psychic, but it was very much, man, I'm going to get my brother in trouble because fuck that guy. Right. Uh, but Loki explains that he can't go beg Odin to uh, bring Thor back because Thor is arrogant and reckless and dangerous, and they're now on the brink of war because of him, and they're kind of better off without him. Right. And Hogan implies that because of this mostly reasonable speech, mm, yeah, that, that Loki is the one who let the Jotuns into Asgard. Right. And everyone's like, Which, no, Loki's kind of a prick, but, like, that's an awful big thing to accuse him of. Yeah, what's Hogan's deal? What is Hogan's deal? I don't know, he doesn't get many lines in this <laughs> that's movie. That's true. Please give me a line, yeah. Kevin. Kevin, okay. please. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
But uh, Loki, who has been kind of freaking out about uh, the connection he's discovered between himself and the Frost Giants, goes down to the vault to check out the uh, casket. Of ancient winters. Of ancient winters. And his dad yells at him as soon as he sees him, like, pick it up. And he turns around and he's blue. Yeah. And he wants to know what he is. And Odin's just like, oh, you're, you're my kid. Some kids are blue. That's fine. Don't don't worry about it. Um, Loki doesn't go for it. <laughs> no. And uh, they get into this conversation where after Odin had ransacked uh, Jogendine... Jotunheim. Jotunheim. I'm never going to remember it. <laughs> it's not actually that hard of a word. No, Luke. it's not. I am not saying it's a hard word to remember. I'm saying I'm bad at remembering things. Okay. <laughs> um, Odin found a crying baby in this temple. Yeah. And for the now, first sentence or two, this sounds reasonable, because he's like, oh, I just found some baby on this battlefield. But then he immediately clarifies that he knows it's Laufey's son. Right. And he just he thought... Well, what if he was my son instead? Well, he assumed that he was abandoned, suffering, left to die, because he was very small for a frost giant. Oh, I see. You're saying, okay, yeah. Now, I don't, I I have reason to doubt that this is actually true. No, no, sure, but that's, that's what he's saying. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. And as, as he holds the baby, the baby turns from blue to Caucasian flesh-colored. Yeah, they don't ever really explain what's up with that, but sure. Well, there's a couple different things I think could be happening here. Yeah. One is that Odin is using his magic to make him look like an Asgardian. Right. Another is that uh, Jotuns have some kind of chameleon ability. Yeah, the third thing I was going to say is that, like, because Loki is calmed by this man holding him, he, like, subconsciously adjusts his appearance to be like him. Yeah, that that would also make some amount of sense. Like, there's explanations you could give, they just aren't really interested in giving them, which I guess that's fine. It's not that important. I like the idea that Odin did it to him, because that makes Odin even more of a dick. Yeah, I think that I'm with you on that. And Odin sucks. Odin does suck. Like I said, they don't really say that out loud in this movie, but he definitely, you already see, like, bits and pieces of that in this one even. So Odin tries to say, you know, I saved you just because you were an innocent child and you needed help. And Loki's like, no, you didn't. Come on. Right. So then Odin explains that he thought that a frost giant raised by Asgardians could be someone that brokers peace between their two worlds. Which, I can believe that as a motivation, but I don't know if I do. He could have told him the truth from the beginning, but he wanted to protect him from this dark secret. Right. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. Like, why is it a dark secret, Odin? Yeah, Odin. If you want to make peace with uh, the Jotuns, why are you like, oh, but, like, it would be horrible if anyone knew that you were one. Yeah, Odin, why don't you, why don't you help their kingdom not be very dumb? There's a lot of bad. fantasy racism in this movie that gets glossed over because the uh-huh. the people they're fantasy racist against are gross goblin men. Sorry, I didn't mean dumb. I mean, make their kingdom not be, like, a wasteland. Right. Not just, yeah. Yeah, give him, give him, help him rebuild. Yeah. But, Odin. Yeah, Odin. Uh, but, yeah, Loki starts yelling at Odin and about how he's, of course, this is, uh, everything makes sense now why he's always favored Thor, even though Thor sucks. Because, obviously, you, he would never let a frost giant sit on the throne. Uh, then Anthony Hopkins falls asleep on the set. <laughs> yeah. 
he just whispers, no, no, and then just falls asleep. He just collapses. Like, I I thought he was having, like, a heart attack or something because Loki was having this outburst at him, but that's not what's going on. Uh, no, Loki... it's just that he went to the Odin sleep. Right. Loki yells for some guards to come help him, and notably, he does not yell for the guards louder than he was yelling at his dad about how he's a frost giant. So those guards definitely know Loki's a frost giant, right? Right. They they seem cool with it. You know, those guards are alright, I guess. Uh, but they bring Odin... I don't know if you see his bedroom yet, but his, into his weird glowy pod, which I guess we'll see later, because we're back with Thor, munching down yeah, at a diner. He's eating some Pop-Tarts, and he drinks a coffee, and he likes it. Right. So then he throws the cup to the ground. Yeah, he throws the cup down and smashes it, because I guess that's a Viking thing or something. And Darcy says, this is going on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, We've graduated to Facebook from MySpace now. Oh, that's true, yeah. Uh, Chelsea, uh, friend of the show, friend of me, fellow guest on Let's Place, wonderful person, uh, said that there is a deleted scene where he, like, brings a new coffee mug back to the diner to apologize. Oh, that would be such a good scene. That would be a good scene. So, now that uh, Thor's got some food in his belly, and he's not, he's not, he's had some time to calm down over the banishment thing, he's starting to be a, a little bit of a polite boy. So, some guys walk into the diner, and they start talking about some kind of satellite or something that crashed out into the desert, and nobody can lift it. So, Thor goes out, and Jane tr- tries to run after him, and she's like, wait, you have to tell us all about the the wormhole that you were in. Right. And Thor's like, yeah, okay, I'll tell you all about it as soon as we get to my hammer. Yeah. But uh, then Eric pulls Jane aside and is like, please do not drive out into the desert alone with this insane man. Yeah, like, please, for the love of God, stop following around this deranged homeless man and thinking that he's going to give you physics secrets. That's not how what's this Eric's, works. That's Eric's problem. <laughs> no, I think I'm with Eric at this point. <laughs> You know, he's, he's, you know. You know, they, they, they got him patched up, they fed him, they got him some clothes, you know. I, I, it seems alarming at this point, that there's just some dude talking in old fancy talk, calling I himself mean, Thor walking around. Here's the, here's the thing. Yeah. He's hot. I mean, sure, yeah, of course, he does have that beard. It's a very good beard. Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, Jane says, you know, I... I can't go with you, actually. Yeah. Thor's like, yeah, whatever, so, sure. Sorry, Thor. Dad says I can't go. It's not even my real dad. He's my professor. <laughs> <laughs> and Thor takes Jade's hand and kisses her on that hand goodbye. Yes. And she's very flustered. Yeah. And he's, he says goodbye to Eric and Darcy. And, and Darcy's like, yeah. Wait, you asked me what Darcy's last name was, and this is why I'm saying I don't even think she gets one. Because he says, like, goodbye, Dr. Jane Foster. Goodbye, Eric. He says Eric's full name, but I don't remember it. And then he Eric goes, Selvig. And goodbye, Darcy. And right. <laughs> she doesn't get to be a relative of Jerry Lewis yet. No, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he decides to get Kraken on heading out to the satellite crash site. Uh, but Jane's got some problems of her own because S.H.I.E.L.D.'s shown up at her weird abandoned diner that she's using as a base of operations what what is this building supposed to be i'm not actually sure you never really get like an establishing shot of it it's just like some old abandoned business that like they've converted into just they've got some tables and they've got like the rv pulled up in there are are they like being funded by the city i don't know 
Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, Coulson's taken all her stuff, and she's like, "No, no, you can't just take my stuff." Right. And he gives her a check. And Eric's like, "Yo, Jane, this is like way more serious than you think it is. This shield." Right. Yeah, he hears the name Shield and immediately gets concerned. Um, you, you see, because his friend Hank Pym uh, had some bad run-ins with Shield before. Wait, is it Hank Pym? Because he talks about how he had a friend that was like a genius gamma radiation researcher. He, I don't think he says the word gamma. He absolutely does later on. Oh, hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna search the script. Oh yeah, yeah. I knew the scientist, a pioneer in gamma radiation. Yeah, that's definitely Bruce Banner. Yeah, yeah. But the word of God said that it was Hank Pym. Okay, well, maybe maybe Hank Pym like had some foundational research into gamma radiation while discovering the Pym particle that Bruce Banner then okay. continued to develop and expand upon. Sure. Yeah, that that works. Uh, but yeah, Jane talks about how she's made a lot of this equipment herself, and that equipment and her notebook are the only things uh, that have her on the brink of a huge scientific breakthrough. So then Phil Coulson just looks over to another agent who grabs her notebook out of her hand, which I like. Yeah. No, he definitely is referring to Bruce Banner, because he mentions that he hasn't been heard from in a long time. Right, yeah, yeah. Why'd they say it was Hank Pym? Uh... I don't know, I guess they figured the ages matched better, and they... I don't know. I don't know! So yeah, the the Warriors 3 and Sif go try to, to appeal Odin, but Odin's not on the throne, it's Loki. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, and they, Loki explains that Odin is in his Odin sleep, which is a term they just kind of drop in, like, they're like, ah, you know, the Odin sleep. You know, right. that thing that the, everyone knows. It's what, I mean, you know... I think, Who doesn't know the Odins? Like I said, this movie has a very hard job that it has to tell this story with like connections to the real world while also doing a lot of world building on the Asgard side. And again, I don't think it does a perfect job, but it does a respectable job because that is a hard thing to do. That's absolutely the kind of word that you need to just drop in there. I agree. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but he explains to them that he is basically the acting king, so they all kneel. And, talk- and he's not going to unbanish Thor, because that would be undoing the last act of Odin. Right. And that would look like, you know, he is... They, they need continuity, because they're on the brink of war. Like, I, what I like about Loki is he's a good liar in that a lot of his lies make at least a little bit of sense. Right. Like, yeah, that would seem kind of shitty if you became the king and then immediately started undoing all the decrees that the last king made. It would probably piss off Laufey, too. It would piss off Laufey. It might make the war worse. Like, there is logic to what Loki's doing here, even though he's doing it for, like, selfish reasons. Right. But I'm not sure even Loki actually knows what he wants at this point. I don't think so, either. I think he's got what he wants. He's sitting on that throne. Right. But, like, he has, he's not sure where to go from here. Right, exactly. exactly. Yeah. He, he's, he is, like, a dog that is caught up to a car, and now he's like, wait, uh, well... So Thor's trying to buy a horse... From the pet store. <laughs> he does go into a pet store and says, I need a horse. And the guy just says, we we don't have those. We got, like, dogs. And he's like, all right, well, I'll take one of those. It's big enough to ride, please. And then Jane picks him up. Yeah. Uh, we also get a quick scene of Eric at a library reading, like, children's fairy tales about North mytho- Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Jane picks him up in her Jeep to take him out to the desert. And they get a little, you know, moment where they're talking about how Jane's like, oh my god, I've never done something like this before. There's a weird, like, parallel here where Jane's 
paternal authority figure told her not to go do something because it'll cause trouble. And now she's going out and doing it anyway in the way that Thor did at the start of the movie. Yeah. It's like they're soulmates. It's like they're soulmates. Um, but yeah, they, they have some just sort of dialogue. They're getting to know each other a little better. Um, it's, it's nice. It's a nice little scene. Yeah. And then we finally get to see the Odin sleep. Uh-huh. Where Anthony Hopkins is taking a nap in a big ol' hollow egg. And, uh... Uh-huh. <laughs> Loki and, uh, Odin's wife, who does not get a name in this movie, I'm pretty sure. Fr- Frigga. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Um, they're talking about how... Because obviously she knows that Loki's a frost giant. So, uh... She tells him that, you know, he didn't want Loki to know the truth, because what's really important is that Loki's their son and their family, and, uh, who cares if we used magic to change your skin color, I guess. There's nothing weird about that. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, they get to the place where the hammer was, and S.H.I.E.L.D. has built a whole thing around it. Yeah, they built a whole little facility. Uh, which Jane immediately is like, well, wait a second. If this was a satellite, they would have just recovered the wreckage. They wouldn't be doing all this. Right. And uh, Thor tells her that he's going to break in and get the hammer, and once he's got it, he'll get all of the equipment that they've stolen from her. Uh, They're taking a lot of photos of the hammer inside. It seems weird they haven't tried to, like, chisel out the chunk of rock that it's embedded into. Um, They might think that might trigger something in the hammer that would be bad. You know what? That's fair. That is entirely fair. Uh, so Thor just, uh, starts playing Metal Gear Solid for a little while. Uh-huh. He sneaks through, like, a hole in a chain-link fence. He beats up some guards in a golf cart. Um, this scene is pretty good, like, action-wise, other than the fact that barely any of these soldiers have guns. Like, she- I mean, S.H.I.E.L.D. would do a lot better here if they gave more of their guys guns. Well, you know, it's uh-huh. 20, it's 2010. Uh, okay, <laughs> what does that mean? You know who's the president? Uh, Yes. Well, actually, I don't in the MCU. It's the same one that was in present real life in 2020. Oh, I see. You're saying that he came and take the, took their guns away. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Barack Hussein Obama. Uh, great. The second. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, he, Coulson says, like, you know, we get one of those guys on him with a gun. Right. And then but you that just guy see... doesn't grab a gun. He grabs a bow. Right. He grabs a bow and arrow because Hawkeye's in this movie. Yeah, he's technically in this movie for two seconds. Yeah, I do not understand why Hawkeye's in this movie. To set up Hawkeye. Like, I forgot that he was in this movie, and I watched this back-to-back with the Avengers, and I thought he just showed up for the first time in the Avengers. No, he's in here. Yep. Um, But, uh, yeah, Hawkeye gets on, like, a crane to sort of look over the entire site with his bow and arrow. But as Thor continues to fight his way through all of these guards, everyone starts getting a little curious about this. And Coulson kind of just wants to let him get to the hammer and see what happens. But first, he's got to fight a very big man. He does a very cool dropkick on him. He does a really cool dropkick on him, like, both feet. Um, And uh, he gets all muddy and gross, but he finally, triumphantly, reaches the hammer and goes to pick it up. Oh, but Crystal, he can't. He can't do it. But, Luke, the happy music was playing. Oh, but he can't pick up the hammer, Crystal. But then what about the music? It, it was a misdirect. I like this bit in the movie. It's a good bit of the movie. It's a good bit in the movie because, like I was saying, this feels very similar to the beginning of the movie where they go to Jotunheim. Right. 
And it's like, no, you don't get the hammer just for doing the same thing again, buddy. You haven't learned any lessons yet. Yeah, that's why the music turns sad yeah. and you can't lift it. Right, exactly. That's why he cries out to the heavens and yells, why? Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, it's it's a little broad, but like I said, the emotional beats of it are correct for how this movie should go. And it makes me so proud of them that they got it right this time. They did it. They made a good one. They, they, made, a, they made a good one this time. Uh, but Thor gets captured by S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, he just drops to his knees and allows himself to be captured because he's too depressed. Right. Hawkeye does literally nothing in this movie. He does not fire a single arrow. No. And here comes the scene where uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. base is reflected in Heimdall's eyes because he can see everything that happens. Okay, yeah. Uh... And then comes a very stupid argument between Eric and Jane. Right. Oh, God. Yes, this is some painful dialogue. Uh, uh, although, me... like, Eric has found, like I said, some fairy tale books about Norse mythology, and I do like the running gag that Darcy doesn't know how to say Mjolnir, so she just kind of mumbles it every time. Meow meow. She's just like, oh, hey, look, it's a picture. <laughs> it's it's a good joke. Yeah. So yeah, Eric shows her the book to show you her how silly his story was because he's just copying what's in the North Norse mythology, right? And Jane's like, you're the one that's always pushing me to chase down every possibility, every alternative. Right. And he's like, I'm talking about science, not magic, yeah, he's like, Jane. Yeah, but like, this is dumb. You're being dumb. You're smart. Stop being dumb, Jane. Well, magic's just science that we don't understand yet. Arthur C. Clarke. No, no but that's... He wrote science fiction, a What's... precursor to science fact. Yeah, so that... Jane! <laughs> Can I take what? your degree back? It's not Jane. <laughs> this is all very bad. It's not good. Uh, uh, but Darcy does get to use her previously established political science degree real quick here to say that. I hey. mean, does she? I mean, no. But that's what they're. She has another bad line. It's like, oh, a primitive culture, right? Like the Vikings would have worshipped these advanced aliens as deities, right? I mean, listen, I it's. I think what they're going for is she's coming at it from a political science angle, kind of. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, but Thor is in an interrogation room with Agent Coulson, who's talking about how Thor effortlessly defeated all of his highest trained agents. And he's like, that that's hurtful. That wasn't nice. In my experience, it takes someone who's received training to do what you did to them. And he, like, starts asking him about, like, where he was trained, if he's from, like... Afghanistan. He lists off the bad countries. He lists off the bad countries, and he's like, no, 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 you're like a soldier, soldier of fortune, mercenary guy. Where where were you? Like, South Africa? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and just goes through a bunch of stuff, and Thor just doesn't say anything to him. Yeah, Thor, Thor is crying during the scene, if you pay attention. Oh, is he? Yeah, there are tears in his eyes. He's still pretty torn up about the whole Mjolnir thing. Huh, I'm looking for him. I'm not seeing tears. He looks very bummed out. He, get, he starts crying later, but... Anyway, Cole... Uh, one of the close-ups here definitely has, a t like, a tier at least. Okay, sure. Uh, Coulson gets a page and uh, has to go deal with something. And as he does, Loki just sort of appears in the room. It's a cool effect where it's, like, a mirrored door that Coulson opens up. And then as he closes it, you see Loki in the reflection. Yeah. Yeah, so Coulson has correctly identified Thor as someone who loves war. Yeah. And uh, Loki te tells him that... Odin is dead, and uh, that there's, like, a new war 
that they're on like the brink of, but they currently have a truce that is contingent on Thor staying exiled. Yeah, so basically it's your fault that our dad died. You basically killed him. Right. And uh, basically convinces Thor that he is to blame for everything, which he kind of is, uh, and that he has to stay banished. And right. please, I mean, he is, but Loki is also telling lies. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, Thor just realizes he's he's trapped. He you know says he's sorry to Loki, and uh, Loki has to ditch him and go back home for good. Just leave him here. Yeah, uh, Thor is, like you said, he's crying in this scene. And, like, even as he's saying goodbye to Loki, he's being, like, very polite because he's trying to be a nice boy now. He's trying to be a nice boy, and I do think that he, you know, is... Even though Loki is is puffing up what's going on here, I think he's beginning to have a little bit of self-awareness about what a dick he is. Yes. And, uh, yeah, and then he says goodbye just as Coulson comes back in. He's like, eh, goodbye, I just got back. <laughs> what? There's, there's a scene where Loki tries to lift the hammer, and he can't. Yeah. And he gets a bit mad about it, but then he just adjusts his coat and walks away. Right, yeah, because Loki is in, like, Earth clothes for this scene, which is a good look for him. He's got, like, well, a wool he is, coat and, like, a scarf. He is in Earth clothes, but he is also invisible. Right, yeah, yeah, which they don't say explicitly, but you just kind of, you know, infer from the fact that no one cares that he's standing in the middle of this research site. Right. Um... But, uh... Then Eric shows up. Eric shows up. They say Thor is a visitor, which... This seems like a situation where they don't care if you have a visitor, but okay, sure. Right. And they, Eric tells a story about how he's uh, a doctor turned physicist named Donald Blake. Yeah. And as he's telling the story to Coulson, uh... Jasper Sitwell, agent of Hydra... <laughs> is that a TV thing or a Winter Soldier thing? That's a Winter Soldier thing and a TV thing. Okay. Actually, okay, no, sure. they never really confronted it on the on the show. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they know that Selvig's story is completely made up. Right. But they're going to see where this goes anyway. So they let him take Thor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they, and they follow him. Coulson has a line, hey, doctor, stay away from the bars. Right. And then they... And Thor's like, where are we going? To get a drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it cuts to them at a bar talking... And uh, Thor just kind of admits that he feels completely lost. And Eric gives him a little bit of, like, advice. Like, hey, you know, maybe that's not the worst thing. Maybe that's an important first step to where you need to go. That kind of pep talk. Yeah. But then it but, turns into... You know, yeah, yeah, go figure out your life, but not near us, please. Right, because I'm still, like, 80% sure you are a person with problems and I don't want Jane near you. Right, and since I'm her father, I get to decide that. Right. Even though I'm not even that. Right, this is the scene where he establishes he is definitely not her father. Right, but I do I do have ownership over this woman, so please stay away from her. Right, but yeah, so Thor tells him, like, oh, I, I never had any intention of harming her, and Eric just is like, alright, good, well then I'll buy another round and then get the fuck out of town. Uh, and Thor agrees, and they start drinking... And as they drink, they both realize neither person is putting their drink down, and they get into a little pissing match about drinking this <laughs> mug. It's a good scene. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, and then I think it just... Oh, right, we get some Frost Giant stuff where Loki goes back to talk to his real dad. Laufey, Laufey. who is a woman in Norse mythology. Ah. 
but Loki kind of reveals that he is the traitor that helped them break into Asgard at the start of the movie. Um, yeah, he's trying to make a deal with Loki, with Laufey, saying, like, hey, I'll let you into Asgard using my secret portal. Right. And you can kill Odin, and then I'll give you back the casket. Yeah, and Laufey does ask him, why don't you just kill Odin yourself? And Loki says something to the effect of, like, well, I'm the king of Asgard, that wouldn't look good. Which, no. I feel like I need to have a sit-down with Laufey here, because that... That fact seems like it reveals some things about where Loki's head is at. Because if he's mm-hmm. intended to, like, keep his reputation clean here, then it doesn't seem like... It seems like Laufey could have guessed that this is gonna go bad if he goes along with Loki's plan. He wants his revengeance, Luke. I understand that, but it just seems like he should not trust Loki as much as he does. Well, Loki's a very good liar. I guess, yeah. But, uh... Yeah, they sort of straight yeah. up this deal. And yeah, then and then Loki he goes back, back to... Yeah. yeah, and Heimdall's like, hey, you used some kind of magic so I couldn't see what you were talking about. It's yeah. pretty suspicious. That's hmm. uh, it's not it's not great, buddy. Not great! You know, I, I'll, uh, I can't do anything about it because I'm very loyal to the king, and that is right. you. Yeah. The first time I saw but this movie, I don't really... Very suspicious. I don't know why I thought this, because in, like, rewatching it, it's clearly not the case, but... I remember the first time I watched this movie, I thought Heimdall was, like, some kind of weird robot man who, like, just kind of, I don't know, like, wasn't a total, like, person with, like, their own motivations. They were just kind of like, yes, I do what I need to do to guard the gate. It's not the case at all. I don't know what was wrong with me. No, you got that one wrong. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so Loki says, Loki marches off and says, don't open the Bifrost for anyone else. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Thor brings back home uh, Eric, who's passed out drunk. Yeah, and they're good buddies now. Uh-huh. Uh, Eric has a line where he's like, I still don't believe you're the god of thunder. Well, I wish you were, and slaps him on the cheek, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so th- Thor and Jane go out to sit by the fire and have a nice romantic moment. Right, because Jane's RV is all messy, and uh, she panics and like tries to clean up. She's like, let's just, why don't we go outside? Why not? Um... And they start talking about how Thor tells her, they're like, oh, no, you're right about everything. Your ancestors called it magic, and you call it science, but they're the no, same well, hold thing. On. Hold on. Okay. Luke. Yeah. We need to break this down a little more specifically. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> because a lot of people have misinterpretations of this line. Which line? Uh, I come from a place where they're one and the same thing. Okay. So what? what's so the misinterpretation? People, the misinterpretation of your ancestors call that magic and you call it science, while well, I come from a place where they're one and the same thing, is that actually there's nothing magical about Asgard at all, and it's all just super technology. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a reasonable read of it, but yeah, that's not really how I took it. I mean, it isn't. I, I think it's it, an unreasonable saying read that, of it. No, I... I, I th- Luke, it's... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, I agree with you. I just, I see why someone would read it that way. Right, it's just that they're wrong. Okay. Because like... the face... <laughs> I feel like you're I know, bringing just... in a lot of baggage from a from an argument you've had a lot. <laughs> yes, I am. So you know what, you're, I'm just going to stand back and let you have this moment to, to soapbox a bit. Thank you, Luke. You're welcome. Like, this line just needs to be taken at face value, which is that on Asgard, there is magic, and there is science... And they don't really even have a hard line between the two. They just take both as they are and use them both. 
Sure. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's kind of what people talk about a lot, where, like, if magic was real, you would just study it scientifically, and it wouldn't really be a distinct category of stuff. Well, no, 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 no. And see, now you're going too far. Well, in what way? Because they don't study magic scientifically. Magic is still used. Yeah, but they're one and the same magic. thing. That's right. what he says. Magic is science, and science is magic. Right. 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 That doesn't yeah. mean you you study magic scientifically. I think we're splitting hairs here. <laughs> because I mean, the spell I mean, really, the on Yonir... When he, when he talks about science, what he's really doing is the thing that happens in a lot of like genre fiction where science is not like a set of you know rules that you use for studying nature. It's just, I don't know, it's laser beams and shit. And magic is... You know, also laser beams when they come out of a magic wand, you know. Right. No, you're right. I'm, I just want to be clear that they do not employ the scientific method in the same way we think of it. Okay, sure. If it is important Because it's you... not always useful. Uh-huh, sure. It is. Luke, I just... I, let me have this. Crystal, if it, Crystal, I have no dog in this fight. If it is important to you, then I will go with you on this. <laughs> It's important to you, Luke. Okay, all right. Then, then, then it's fine. Luke, let me have this. I don't know why you're crying. Luke, let me have I, this. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you have this. Luke. Luke. What? What do you want from so, me? So, yeah, it, uh, Thor explains that what she has been seeing, these atmospheric disturbances... Are yeah. actually the branches of Yggdrasil. Right. He takes out her notebook. And she's where been she's seeing got them. Some... Yeah. Go ahead. Pictures from the Hubble telescope is what she's got. Yeah. Uh, he opens a page in her notebook where she's got some planets sketched out, and he starts drawing in it uh, to show the way the nine realms are divided up. Right. Um, and she's just looking at his very pretty face the entire time. Right. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, he kind of lists out what the nine realms are. It's you know, there's only the two in this movie. I guess three. Uh, yeah, there's three in this yeah, one. Yeah, there's three. Yeah, The ones we haven't seen are uh, Alfheim and... N- N- we maybe saw Niflheim in the third one. It's not clear. Okay. Definitely haven't seen Alfheim. Okay. Um, do you think that's where... Luke. Yeah? They they use... Magic is in this movie. Okay. They use the magic in the movie. Okay. Loki is referred to as a master of magic. Okay. Spells are cast. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. The the court stipulates that Loki uses magic. It's a magical fantasy adventure. Okay. <laughs> Mjolnir does not run on nano machines. I've never said it did. <laughs> okay. Just want to be clear. All right. I I didn't believe that it did. Okay. Just want to be clear. <laughs> want to be clear. Do you think that Alfheim is where <laughs> Alf comes from? Second. I'm sorry. Do you think that Alfheim is where Alf comes from? Do you think that's like you know the the weird anteater guy that likes to eat cats? Well, no, because Alf is an acronym for alien life form, and his actual right. name is Gordon Shumway. Right. No, Alf is where the elves come from. Okay, sure. <laughs> the the elves the elves. Right. Okay. Uh. Anyway, and they... the dark elves are the Sparth elves. <laughs> All right. They fall asleep on these. So, yeah, because of the second best scene in the movie. Yeah. Where... Dog is just like jumping on a chicken leg. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, uh, Falner F- Fandral well, is yelling at him for eating at a time like this. No, oh, let me bring up the line. Right, he's like, "Don't let my appetite be confused for apathy." 
Our dearest friend banished, Loki on the throne, Asgard on the brink of war. Yet you've managed to consume four wild boar, six pheasant, a side of beef, and two casks of ale. Yeah. Do not mistake my appetite for apathy. <laughs> yeah. This is the most characterization. So the, that's the most characterization these guys get ever. Uh, they decide... Just, but they, the shot of him munching on the chicken leg yeah, is... is good. They decide that they have to go to Earth and find Thor, but that that would be... They'd get in trouble for that. That'd be a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. But Thor would do bad things for them, so they gotta go do it. Yeah. Uh, there's, like, a joke a joke about how they say, like, oh, Heimdall might be watching, and then a guard comes in and so like, hey, Heimdall wants to talk with you. Heimdall's just a real peeping Tom. A real peeping Heimdall, that guy. Do you think Heimdall is just constantly jerking it? <laughs> I mean, he is wearing a very ornate suit of armor, um... It seems like it'd be difficult unless he has some kind of, you know, mechanism in the crotch plate. Some I imagine like, so. Some sort of lubed up hydraulic. I imagine Odin Allfather made something like that for him. Yeah, so he can just turn his magic eyes on whatever gets him off at the moment and just, right, uh, cause the armor does the rest. Does Heimdall, like, go to the bathroom? Uh, Like, I, I see how you might think he's a robot, because he's just kind of here all the time. He's just kind of here all the time. He has a very, like like monotone flat way of talking he's always very upright i don't know what yeah i didn't think he was a robot per se i thought he was like a golem or something i don't know he's he's definitely just a guy um a guy who stands around and constantly lets his mecha suit jerk him off while he peeps on people that's canon yeah so the warriors three and sif meet up with heimdall and he's like are you prepared to commit treason to get thor back yeah yes good and so am i yeah He's like, I can't open the thingy for you, and just walks away, but he's already got the sword in the, the keyhole. Right. He's just like, it's not technically breaking the rules. Yeah. Uh, so Loki sees them as they all shoot down to Earth, and uh, the shield sort of sees And a there's weird a shield agent who's like, uh, right, it's like, uh, there's Gimli, Xenia, and Jackie Chan <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh huh. I think that happens in a little bit. Right now, they just see some energy spikes. Right. Uh, because yes. Eric is very hungover, and Thor is making everybody breakfast, because he's a nice oh, boy. He's, he's a nice guy now. Yeah. He's very polite. Yeah. He's a sweetie. He does, yeah. Uh, Loki and, uh, goes Loki down to goes the, to summon yeah, the Destroyer. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Because he's going to destroy go, everything. Just tells him to go kill Thor. We get this, yeah, goofy scene of the Warriors 3 and Sif. That's such an awkward... Can't we just call them the Warriors 4? No, it's the Warriors 3 and Sif. All right, fine. <laughs> Sif doesn't get to be a warrior because she's a girl. Okay. They're just marching through the middle of this tiny town in New Mexico, and everyone's like, what a bunch of weirdos they are. Uh, there's some shield dudes on a roof watching, like, hey, is the Rent Fair in town? Bah! <laughs> <laughs> um... Jane yeah, is kind so they of... show up at yeah, the ahead. abandoned place, and they're just like, hey, I'm happy to see you. It's my dear friends. Right. My wonderful friends, well-developed characters. Yeah. The Warriors 3 and Sif. My dad always comments on moments in movies and TV shows where someone is holding a drink, and they get so shocked that they just drop the glass. Because it's something that I don't think I've ever seen someone do in real life, but people do it in movies constantly. And ever since he's pointed that Rocky. out to me, I always really, like, zoom in on it anytime that happens in a scene, which is what Eric does with his coffee mug in this scene. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Th- Thor's very happy to see his buds, but he's like, oh, you shouldn't have come for me. 
you know, dad's dead. I gotta be on Earth forever. I appreciate it, guys, but, you know. They're like, what? They're like, no, what? Odin Odin is alive. What are you He's talking about, buddy? His actor just fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. And Thor's like, oh, Loki like, hey, Wait a second. Uh, Loki goes to yell at Heimdall, tells him that, you know, he is no longer a citizen of Asgard because of Yeah, Heimdall immediately, treachery. his first line as Loki approaches is, tell me, Loki, how did, did you get the Jotuns into Asgard? Yeah. Uh, and Loki says there are secret paths between worlds because of the convergence. Yeah, they just get, he's like, because it's really kind of a plot relevant question. Like, yeah, how did Loki do that? Dad, you know. Secret this stuff. This is explained in Thor 2. Okay. It's because of the convergence. Okay, that doesn't help me with Thor 1. Like, it's fine, because it's all just kind of fantasy babble, but it is it is a moment of, like, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm like, a wizard guy, so, you know, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. Not no, I'm science. I'm sorry, it's machines, Luke. It's actually... <laughs> oh, this one is machines. No, I'm still torn up about bad internet arguments. <laughs> tell do you think that other things in asgard are powered by nanomachines just not the hammer sure they probably use nanomachines okay yeah so maybe loki use some nanomachines to get those frost giants here it seems like like the arms of thor's armor kind of come on and off like nanomachines that's true yeah yeah but like magic right <laughs> no so yeah wait, the let destroyer... me hit you with this concept crystal mm-hmm. enchanted nanomachines okay yeah okay yeah yeah it's like when you enchant a sword but it's a nanomachine right exactly or like when you enchant, you know, a wheel, but it's a nanomachine. Right. Or like when you enchant a sandwich, but it's a nanomachine. Loki freezes Heimdall for being bad. Right. And then he summons the Destroyer to New Mexico. Yeah. Which I don't know if we talked about like... the Destroyer's design that much. He's kind of cool. He's a big old empty suit of armor, and the faceplate kind of opens up and he shoots fire out of it. It's neat. Yeah. Yeah, as, as he lands, the shield agents kind of gather around him. And Sitwell, agent of Hydra, is kind of like, oh, is that one of Stark's? Coulson's like, I don't know. That guy never tells me anything. I hate that you know the names of all the random S.H.I.E.L.D. extras. <laughs> uh, well, he was in the, the DVD bonus. Okay. The Consultant. That's not making it better. <laughs> yeah, and like as the Destroyer opens its faceplate, Coulson's like, ah, here we go. Right, he's like, ah, Tony Stark's dumb face is going to be there. Oh, no, that's just fire inside of there. Whoops a doodle. Yeah, he is just firing a big laser at them. Yeah. Uh, so they all kind of duck and cover, and uh, Thor sort of sees the mushroom cloud of his approach in the distance, and him and the Warriors 3 and Sif all sort of concoct a plan to fight this guy. Yeah. Uh, the, the humans all get to work sort of evacuating the town to the best they can as he just marches through the main street just lasering shit. Get a little bit of fight between the Warriors 3 and Sif. But they're no match for the Destroyer. No, they're no match for the Destroyer. It's uh, it's a very strong boy is the thing. Now, the Destroyer is a different character from Drax the Destroyer. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I assume the Destroyer is like a villain in Thor comics, right? Or a thing in Thor comics, at least. Right, but he's not Drax the Destroyer. Right, that's a different guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sif gets, like, a good hit in on it with her spear, and it seems like she stopped it, but then it just kind of rotates around in place and shoots at her. It's kind of a cool-looking effect. Uh, but no one is any match for this thing. It's just blowing up all of this town. It's bad. But then Thor gets an idea, because clearly they can't stop the Destroyer. So, even though he's got no superpowers at all, Crystal, he just walks right up to the dang thing. 
It's a it's a good moment. It is a good moment. He like looks directly it's a really into his heroic face. Heroic moment. Yeah, and he talks like to Loki through it and says like Loki, whatever I have done to make you so angry at me, I am sorry. But these are innocent people. Please spare them. You're mad at me. Just kill me and let this be over. And yeah, it's uh, it's good. I like Thor in this movie. Yeah, he's a good superhero. Like, of the three superheroes we've gotten movies about, he is my favorite one so far. Uh-huh. Uh, Loki seems like he is going to accept Thor's apology and, and just stop. The faceplate closes up. But then he just backhands Thor with the Destroyer. And, and sends him flying him through the air. He does kill him to death. Now, this is a little hard to swallow, because I have watched Tony Stark get, like, smashed around way harder than this, and then just have an ice pack in the next scene and be fine. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, but he only hit a concrete wall. He did not hit the Uru metal of the Destroyer. I guess. Uh, but yeah, uh, Thor yeah, so falls Thor's to the dead. ground. Yeah, he's, he dies in uh, Jane's arms while she cries over him. But then... Something Odin starts to happen. Senses his son's death and he sheds a tear. Yeah. Because his and his this... son has made a heroic sacrifice. So now he is worthy. He has finally become worthy of the power of Thor itself. And the hammer bursts out of the research facility and flies towards him. Uh Jane has to like get out of the way because it is falling like a missile. And Thor yes. just reaches out a hand and grabs it. And he gets it all resurrects like, him back to life. Brings it back to life. It's all like pshew, pow, and he gets his armor back, and it's all cool. And then it's like not even a contest. He just clowns on this thing. Yeah, no, Thor is a very strong god of thunder. Yeah, a Jane has a line. Oh my god! I don't remember the trailers for that movie for this movie, but I feel like that must have been in there, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thor like whips the hammer around by its like leather strap really fast to make a tornado that he sucks the destroyer up into. And then he shoves the head of the hammer into its head so it, like, blows itself up with its laser beams. He remembered to aim for the head this time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is, like, this is just good, like, basic storytelling. Like, the themes of this movie and the character's arc have reached a culmination in a way that is exciting to watch. Yeah. Good, it's like, good job, the screenwriter of Thor. The first time I watched this movie, I thought Thor's turn happened, like, way too quickly. Uh-huh. I think they could probably still have stood to give it a little more time, but yeah. they saw a lot better on a rewatch. Yeah, I, I could definitely see another scene of him, like, mm, reflecting on the fact that he can't lift the hammer anymore. I, but I think it yeah. I think it works well enough. Yeah, so Thor completely pones the Destroyer. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> and he goes back to Eric and Jane, and Eric's like, oh, I guess you are the God of Thunder. Yeah. And Jane's like, oh, I guess I'm dating the God of Thunder. Right, sick. <laughs> Uh, but they realize they need to get back to Asgard and deal with Loki, and, uh, they run out to, like, I guess, it seems like Heimdall has been shooting them to one spot in New Mexico each time, or at least very close by. Right. Uh, and they're just, like, calling out to him. I like that they just use a normal speaking volume voice, because he's Heimdall, he can hear through the stars, whatever. Right. Um, but he's not answering. There's a good scene where, uh, where Coulson, uh, confronts Thor, and Thor's like, son of Cole, know that I am on your side. I will defend Earth and its people. Yeah, which, speaking of things that I wish this movie spent a little more time on, they don't ever really... If, if you've only seen this movie, S.H.I.E.L.D. just seems like creepy government men. You don't ever get the sense that they're, like, noble defenders of the Earth or whatever. I mean, they aren't. 
Well, sure, but I mean, that's, you know, what you're supposed to take them as, you know? I mean, is it? I think, up until, like, Winter Soldier, I would say so, yeah. I mean, not really. Ah, I don't know. I, I feel like Thor... Because even, even in the Avengers, like, a whole subplot there is, oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. is making weapons of mass destruction. That's, uh, again, I'll have to rewatch the Avengers. I feel like it's more Iron Man stuff where it's like, yeah, but that's they're the good guys, so that's fine, right? Um, no, because Cap's like, this is bad. Okay, that, fair enough. Like I said, I haven't seen the Avengers since... And then they try to nuke New York. Okay. Um, but Thor's speech here is like, oh, I'm like you. I'm a defender of the Earth. Like, I don't even know where Thor got that idea in this movie. Oh, okay. That, that's more what I mean. I mean, Thor Thor knows what the FBI is. I guess. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, th- there's a scene from earlier where, like, when Darcy takes out her cell phone to take a picture of him for Facebook, Thor just, like, yeah, smiles. He's not like, what is this? Yeah, true. I don't know. It, it, it was a moment that I'm like, wait, what? Okay. You've had nothing but conflict with S.H.I.E.L.D. up till now. I don't know why you, like, think highly of them, but okay. Uh, but they, yeah, have to get back to Asgard. Heimdall's well, been... Well, was, wasn't S.H.I.E.L.D., like, helping the people evacuate? Uh, maybe? Maybe. Okay, yeah, sure. that's why he's allies with the Son of Cole. All right, let's go with that. Um, I just like that he calls him Son of Cole. Oh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good little bit that they just, they don't, like focus on it they just let that joke kind of wash over you and like you'd be like oh wait what oh i get it it's a it's a good bit um but uh yeah they need to get back to asgard heimdall like bursts out of the ice that loki had trapped him in but not until after the frost giants get through uh the king goes with loki but heimdall bursts out and beats up the two frost giants that came with him yeah i'm heimdall does a cool thing and then thor's like i will come back for you jane and kisses her on the hand right but then jane just grabs his face and does a big old french just makes out with him <laughs> as as he would right yeah he, like i said he's got a very good beard uh so yeah thor heads back up to asgard with his buddies um heimdall collapses from all the energy he spent they have like twice in this movie a throwaway line that i love which is oh geez get him to the healing room <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, you know, don't worry about it. We can, you know, it's magic. Eh, who cares? Uh, but um Laufey and Loki get into uh the room where Odin is doing his Odin sleeping. Uh yeah, the one of the frost giants just kind of knocks Frigga aside. Yeah, I think which it's Which is weird. I think weird it's in the context of Yeah, it's Laufey that does. Yeah. Which is weird in the context of uh, Thor 2, which establishes that she's actually a really good fighter. Well, I was going to say, like, they don't do very well by this character in this movie at all. They do give her a quick split-second moment where she does just mow down the bodyguard that Laufey has before he hits her. Like, one hit, and he's just down for the count. But then while she's doing that, he hits her and knocks her out. Uh, He gives a little, you know, bad guy speech over Odin's sleeping body about how... They say that when you're Odin snoozing, you can hear and see everything. You so. can Odin hear and Odin see. <laughs> There's a cool scene of Thor flying over the bridge like Superman. Yeah, yeah. They they do make a point anytime he's flying that like he's leading with the hammer, because as far as I know, Thor cannot fly. No, he uses the momentum of the hammer. Uh, yeah. But uh, Loki kills... Laufe as he's like looming over Odin about to murder him. So I guess now Loki's plan, like you said, Loki, and I, I don't think it's a flaw with the movie, 
Um, Loki doesn't really know what his plan is from moment to moment. He's just kind of going with whatever sounds good. Right. And now he's decided, okay, no, no, no. I'm going to kill Luffy, and now I'm going to be, like, a hero because I saved Odin. And now I'm going to go use the Bifrost to murder all of Jotunheim. Just blow that whole Jotunheim. planet up. Mm-hmm. Jotunherman. Um, he meets Thor on the bridge, right? Right, he like they have a little bit of a scuffle, yeah. And Loki shoots Gunganir to shoot them out of the the Odin sleep room and onto the Bifrost. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they have a fight. Loki has like frozen the sword in place into the Bifrost so that it can't get moved off of uh Jotunheim, so that it's just going to slowly build up and yeah, nuke this entire planet. Uh huh. Not not cool. Asgard, that you got this. No, it isn't. Uh, but yeah, Loki and Thor fight. Loki kind of gets a little bit of an upper hand, but Thor like knocks him off the bridge, so he tries to save him, but then that's an illusion. And Loki has this very good moment where he like summons an army of illusions, and it's like, ha-ha, gotcha now, Thor. And Thor just like slams his hammer and knocks them all out at once. Yes. So, you know, and th- fuck off. Uh, this whole fight scene is intercut with scenes of the Bifrost wreaking havoc on Jotunheim. Yes, yeah. And, like, I like that, again, Loki doesn't have, like, some big evil speech in this fight. No. He's just kind of feeling a lot of emotions and doesn't know how to deal with them. Right, he's just like, you suck, dad sucks, Asgard sucks, Jotunheim sucks, everyone sucks but me, and I'm mad about it! Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, because, here's the thing... Thor has had an incredible journey of emotional growth, where now he doesn't think genocide's cool. And, uh, Loki is still kind of a petulant child, in the way Thor was at the start of the movie. So how do they dramatize that difference in character growth, Crystal? The best scene, like, dramatically in the entire movie? Uh Uh-huh. Thor puts the hammer on Loki's chest! Oh, it's so good. And Loki can't move under its weight! Oh! Oh. It is perfect! It is absolutely perfect. It is such a good, like, cap on this story arc. Uh, so yeah, Loki is powerless to stop Thor, but the thing is, Thor can't really do anything to stop the Bifrost, so he can do the only thing left to him, which is destroy the Crystal Bridge and make the whole thing, like, fall into the... wherever it's gonna fall. But Luke, if he does that, he'll never see Jane again. Yeah, but Crystal, he's a fully-fledged hero now who knows the meaning of sacrifice, so he's okay with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he does that. The The Bifrost is destroyed, and Thor has saved the day, but he's stranded in Asgard and can't ever see his cool new girlfriend again. Yeah, and Loki is, like, the bridge completely blows up, and Loki is kind of, like, hanging off the edge again. Yeah. And then Odin wakes up, and he speeds very fast to the bridge right? to to hold Thor's hand, and he's holding Loki's hand. Yeah, and uh, Loki just, like, looks up at Odin and is like, I could have done it for everybody, father, for, for everybody. And Anthony Hopkins, who is maybe thinking about going back to Odin's sleep, just says, no. <laughs> no, Loki. Yeah. And then Loki I, I, lets I, go. Let me ask you this, because to okay. me, this scene, Loki says, like, I could have done it, father, for you. For everyone! And uh, Odin just says, no, Loki. I really thought the line was going to be, like, no, you could have only done it for yourself. And that would have been the capper on it. It feels like it feels like Odin needed a little line there that he doesn't have. Uh, Anthony forgot it. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anthony does not want to be here. <laughs> uh, so Loki, 
I don't know if the idea is he loses his grip. It almost looks to me like he lets go on purpose. No, he absolutely lets go on purpose. Okay, yeah. And just falls into the ether or whatever that is down there. He falls into a wormhole. Yeah. Uh, Never to be seen again. So things are winding down now. Um, Everything's good on Earth. Everything's good in Asgard, except for one thing. Crystal Thor's real sad. Right. His brother turned out to be a dick, and he's got a cool new girlfriend, but now they're, like, got a long-distance thing going, and that's always hard. Yeah. Do you think they chat through Heimdall? <laughs> I really... I mean... Can you use Heimdall as a Skype? You know what? Based on the last scene of this movie, I think we can assume they do. <laughs> okay. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, because, so- yeah, while everyone's celebrating, uh, Odin and Thor have a scene... Where Thor is like, I realize now I still have so much to learn. You're a cool dad and king, and I shouldn't be the king yet. So let's let's hold off on making me the king, because you're you're awesome, and there's nothing weird or complicated about you at all. Uh, and he goes to talk to Heimdall because you know he wants to know what Jane's up to and what she's doing. Crystal, she's building a machine to get Thor back to Earth. I. I don't know if that's exactly what she's doing. That's how I took it. I don't know. It's just that she she is further studying Yggdrasil. Yeah. And eventually will, will I guess, find a way. But she's not, like, working on a specific machine. No, she's not sitting there with a hammer and nails making, you know, a laser gun. But I definitely tell you, like, yeah, she's doing research that will one day reunite them. And that's just the, the moment the movie leaves off on. She searches for you, and then Thor smiles, and then it cuts to a, a fun little credit sequence that's very pretty. Yeah, it's like zooms, it like starts on Earth and zooms up through space all the way to Asgard. It's cool. Looking. And then it's, it says the title of the movie, Thor. Thor. And then we get a I post- I like the music in this movie. Yeah, it's, it's okay music. Uh, and then we get a post credit scene, Crystal. Oh, yeah? Oh, we sure do. Because mm-hmm. Eric is down in the bowels of some S.H.I.E.L.D. facility. Where he meets Nicholas Fury himself. Nicholas J. Fury? You know it. Uh, and Nick Fury opens up a briefcase that has a strange pulsing cube of, like, it's got some kind of blue energy inside of it. Legend tells us one thing, history another. Yeah. That every now and then, we find something that belongs to both. Yeah, and he says that this thing contains power, and if they can figure out how to tap into it, it might be unlimited power. And then the camera pans over, and Eric's reflection is Loki. Yeah. And Loki, like, whispers something into his ear, like, oh, guess we better get started. And then Eric repeats the line, Eric's done got possessed by Loki. Yeah. Well, I guess that's worth a look. Yeah. Well, I guess that's worth a look. So no, he's, I don't think he's possessed by him. It's just, like, influencing his mind. Yeah, it's not... Based on this scene alone, it's not super clear, and I don't remember how this plot point plays out, so sure. Um, this thing looks like... And I guess it kind of is the movie's version of the Cosmic Cube, but also it's an yes. Infinity Stone. Yeah, the first time I saw this movie, I thought it was the casket, but that doesn't make sense. It's not. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the Tesseract. Right. It's the, it's they call it the Tesseract in the the future movies. It's it looks like the Cosmic Cube, and I guess they decided the Cosmic Cube and the Infinity Stones are basically the same fucking thing. So why don't we just make them the same thing? Well, see, the Cosmic Cube is a containment device for the essence of a Beyonder. Okay. 
whereas an infinity stone is one of the singularities from the creation of the universe, formed from the original universe in being, which killed itself out of loneliness. Okay, but they are both just magical MacGuffins that let you do very powerful things. Uh-huh. Like, functionally, they're the same thing. Yeah. So I, I get the the inclination to, like, just consolidate them into one concept. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a clever move. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Thor. What do you think, Crystal? I, you know, I, I'm pretty positive on this movie, actually. I'm surprised that I am so positive. I am, too. Because I, I said before on this podcast, this is one of the ones I thought was bad. Yeah, this is... There are individual scenes in other movies that I like better than anything in this movie. Everything with Justin Hammer and Whiplash is still my favorite stuff we've seen so far. Uh-huh. But as a, like, movie and as a piece of storytelling, I think this is the strongest one they've made so far. I, th- I think I'm going to agree. I think I'm going to say this movie is better than Iron Man. Yes. I, I, yeah. Because, you know what? If only, like I said, it, I think Iron Man... We talked about it a lot. You can break, in my opinion at least, you can break its problems down into two big categories. One is that Tony Stark's character arc isn't as strong as it should be. And two is that, like, its subtext is extremely messy to the point where the movie is just nothing. This one has, like, some weird issues in its subtext, but those get... I'm a little more comfortable with those because I know they get addressed later. And I think that it mostly... It doesn't put those front and center in the way Iron Man does that, like, makes me kind of eh about the whole thing. And Thor has a good, strong character arc that I like watching, and I like reach- seeing it reach its culmination. Like, everything in the last chunk of the movie with Thor, with him, like, just peacefully confronting the Destroyer, and then getting the hammer back, and then putting the hammer on Loki's chest, that's all great. That's all great. Yeah, he really gets to be a superhero in the way that no one else has in these movies yet. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think this is the best one we've seen so far. What what letter grade would you give this movie? Um, hmm. It's at least at least a solid B. Yep. I'm trying to think of what I didn't like about this movie. Yeah, if I'm thinking about what I don't like about this movie, I do think there is some stuff with Odin being kind of a gross dude, like, that doesn't really get touched on, even though it gets touched on in later movies. Um, And I do think some of the dialogue is a little hokey. Uh, I think Hawkeye being in this movie is pointless uh, in a kind of distracting way. Um, and I think, again, I understand that they have to introduce all this Asgardian stuff, but it it's a it's a lot to swallow all at once, especially when it's not the main focus of the movie. What, what would you give it? I think I go. I think I go B plus. B plus, man. It's still a movie that I come away from being. Well, no, you know what. I come away with this movie feeling good. I don't come away from this movie feeling like, eh, yeah, that was all right. Be- like, the fact that Thor's arc works as well as it does makes all of my other problems with this movie a lot easier to forgive. Like, if that had been true in Iron Man 1 and 2, I would have been way more okay with all the other issues I have. I don't know, what about you? I'm still I'm still thinking. Okay, okay, well, talk through your because thought process I, here. I'd be willing to go as positive as an A-. minus. Okay. Or as negative as a B. Okay, yeah, I think that's... That's the range I'm working with. Yeah. So I guess, is this a four-star movie or a five-star movie? I would say four-star movie. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. But like a... Hmm. Like a four-star movie I or a four-and-a-half-star movie? Well, it's, hmm. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I think I'm just going to go with a, a solid B. A solid B. Okay, okay. What are the things that you don't like about this movie? 
Uh, I don't like the Warriors 3 and Sif. Yeah, they do kind of suck. And you know what? Okay, here's what I'll say. I Like I said over and over, Thor's got a great character arc in this movie. Loki has a pretty good character arc in this movie. Jane, as like an ostensible, like like a lead of this movie that is like... A, like Her stories is kind of, I don't care. They don't do a good job making it happen. I Right, her... <laughs> arc is basically she finds out that she has been onto something the whole time yeah yeah you know what i think i'm gonna go with you i'm gonna knock it down to a b just because it gets the core of it very right but then it doesn't quite follow through on all the the extra pieces there there's room for improvement there's room for improvement yeah they this is a much better foundation than any of the other films have been but there's still room for improvement on the on what you build on that foundation yeah. Is this a... F- we're going to agree four times in a row? Here? Yeah, we're going to agree four times in a row. <laughs> okay. Uh, we know... Listen, at minimum, we know Age of Ultron's going to be a big fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, will it? I might come away from that movie different after we watch it. Yeah, maybe it'll end up... I like it more and you dislike it more. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, this this was the best one we've watched so far. They're, I feel like they are hitting their stride, finally. So just to recap... The order for both of us, from top to bottom, yeah. is Thor, Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and The Incredible Hulk. Yep, that sounds right. Luke, where can people send us questions? Uh, they can send us questions to uh, mcucompleteme at gmail.com. That's mcucompleteme at gmail.com. That's true. I uh, can also send us some questions on Twitter, at Arcane Crystal. Uh, what's What are some questions we got? Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Kevin asks, do you get chills every time you watch the banishment scene? Because I do. It's a good scene. It's a good scene. I don't get chills from it, but yeah, it is a very well done scene. And I might get chills from it if I watch this on like a proper uh, home theater system instead of my phone. Uh, I was going to say I might get chills from it if I had like a lot of investment in Thor as a character. Like if I was a big (laughs) Thor fan and then watched this movie and saw like, you know, the... The like oath of the hammer, or whatever, get yeah. dramatized like that. I could see that being a very impactful moment. I think this is a very good adaptation of the Thor comics. Yeah, I, I mean, I say that not ever, ever having read them, but you know, I enjoyed it. So, okay, why don't you take the next question? Luke? Yeah, sure. Uh, from Lexi, we have: Do you think he likes me? Y slash N. Well, I have good news and bad news, Lexi. Okay, yeah, go for it. It's N. Because Thor is a fictional character. Okay. I was going to say it's N because he doesn't know about you yet. You got to put yourself out there, you know, get in contact yeah, with Alexi. him. Yeah, Lexi. Yeah, I got to ask him out. Yeah. But what was your butt? <laughs> I think if Thor existed yeah. and met Lexi, I think he would like her. Yeah. What's not to like about Lexi? Uh, what's our next question? Mike asks, can you explain this business about Thor being a lesbian icon or something? Um, can you? I mean, he's he's neat. Yeah, I think it's just he's a nice man who, like, the the tweets I've seen about that joke uh, are uh, just like, yeah, he'd totally just go to a bar with you and help you pick up chicks, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman. He's just he's just a good friend. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, let's see, from uh, Trippy Jing, he asks, uh, how Thor are you? We established at the top, I'm very Thor today. I'm, I'm pretty okay today. <laughs> Dragon Dave asks, who's the best character in Thor, and why is it Darcy? Darcy is good. She needs more screen time. She gets a little more in Thor, too. That's good. Because, like I said, 
I really like the running joke that she just mumbles Mjolnir's name every time. My pick for favorite character in Thor is Thor Odin's son. Yeah, that seems like a boring answer, but also he's my favorite character in it too. Uh, let's see, from uh, Sean, we have, why is Chris Hemsworth so fucking hot? I mean, it's, that he's just got a very good beard. I don't know what to say. He works out. He works out a lot. He's got a good beard. Uh, Jonathan asks, which is the better Odin noise? The ha-ha-ha or the growl? I don't remember the ha-ha. It's in Thor 2. Oh, okay. Well, then I... You can look it up real quick. Yeah. The, the growl is very good. I gotta go with the ha-ha-ha. Yeah, I'm looking it up. Let's see. Thor 2, Odin, ha ha ha. Uh, I'm not seeing, like, just a quick, like, two-second clip on the results or anything. Oh, let me find All it. All right. While you do that, why don't we move on to the next question? From Jasmine. Why didn't more big metal Earthbound Starmans come back later? Do you wish Hawkeye was more of a character? Do you feel that Natalie Portman and Gwyneth Paltrow got done dirty pay-wise, and that's why they get written off off-screen? Is there another Asgardian realm you wish we had explored? Uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't know how they make destroyers. Maybe they're real hard to make, and that's why there's only the one. Uh, I would say Hawkeye I either needs to be more of a character or not in this movie. Um, I don't know. I, I have heard stuff about, like, behind-the-scenes issues with uh, Natalie Portman and, and Gwyneth Paltrow, but I don't really know the details of them. Do you at all? Um... They probably didn't get paid great. Yeah. Relatively right, speaking. Right. Yeah, there's only the one destroyer because they only need the one. Right. I think Hawkeye shouldn't have been in this movie. Yeah, he, he probably shouldn't have been. Uh let's see, what else do they got here? Uh yeah, are there any other realms you want to see? I'd like to see Alfheim. Alright, yeah, I'd I'd love to go see where Alf comes from. That guy's hilarious. <laughs> I think that's all the questions we have. Oh, yeah? Luke, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at SSJ Speed Racer. You can find me on a bunch of podcasts at AudioEntropy.com, like Totally Reprise, Sometimes Teenagers with Attitude, Let Me Tell You About Homestuck, a whole bunch of them. Check it out. Uh, on Saturday nights at 9 Central, you can go to bit.ly slash silverpines to watch uh, our RPG streaming thing we do. That's a lot of fun. Check it out, why don't you? How about you, Crystal? Hey. You can find me online at Arcane Crystal. You can find me on the Book of Medora podcast on AudioEntropy.com, where we talk about the Legend of Zelda lore. And you can find me and Luke on the Let's Plays podcast, where we scientifically and objectively rank every video game according to quality. Yeah. You want to hear a Thor joke? Uh, sure. What do you call a superhero with a beard and glasses? I, I don't know, Crystal. What do you call glasses a hip store that's do you want you want another one uh, you know save it for thor too okay i just i i want to i want to leave him laughing uh, no i'm sure i'm sure you, listen okay 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 I'm, okay. La okay i'm laughing you know, what, you know what cut that cut that cut that <laughs> what do you call a superhero that writes novels <laughs> what an, an, an author, author yeah okay uh what do you call a shellfish god oh god we're still doing this on what a lobster. All right. Are we done? Did you hear that Jane Foster is pregnant? No, I didn't. She's in her first trimester. Please, no more. How does the superhero browse the internet? Oh. On a computer. Uh. What TV no. show did the daughters of Asgard watch? No. Hello Kitty. I need to leave.
What is the Avengers' favorite day of the week? How do I leave? Thor's day. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>